You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Are we ready? I guess not. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. I would love to help our cap situation. If I can give us more room to bring in more players and better players, then... Um, you know, I, I mentioned this to Andrew that you, you'd be foolish to turn down something like that. It, it just it doesn't make sense from a player standpoint. Um, but that's out of my control. That's between Rick, Rob, and, and my agent. And I just come here to work every day. And like I said, I'm just trying to find out where I fit in. As far as you know, have they reached out to your agent or anything? Nope. Well, they they apparently did now, according to reports. Welcome to the show. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North and scorenorth.com, the Score North mobile app. If you have yet to download it, we would appreciate you giving us a download. It's free to download, and it's free to listen, and we reward you the longer you listen on the live uh, platform. You can also listen on demand and also read columns from Judd Zolgad, Matthew Collar, Derek Wetmore, Danny Cunningham, etc., etc., so, gentlemen, earlier today, and you can uh, and you can find more in depth coverage on scorenorth.com, Ian Rappaport was just tweeting some news about football and going through his daily routine, and he tweeted this: the Vikings, uh, the Vikings have held active extension talks with veteran tight end Kyle Rudolph, but those broke off this morning. Sources say with Minnesota drafting tight end Irv Smith and Rudolph due seven point five million, this development could lead to a trade elsewhere. There is interest around the NFL. We also had an Albert Breer report on uh, report on draft night that the Patriots might have interest in trading for Kyle Rudolph. So now that we know that the two sides have talked, the Vikings have major cap space issues, and Kyle Rudolph is one of two or three prime targets to maybe either restructure or, if not, potentially cut or trade. What do you guys think of these developments this afternoon? Let's start with the football impact. I think that's that's probably the most important thing, right? I mean, if they trade him or, or release him, whatever the case might be, it doesn't change anything as far as the rest of the roster because you need that money just to sign the draft picks that you have. So the only change that will happen is that Kyle Rudolph is off the roster. You drafted Irv Smith out of Alabama, uh, tight end. So you you theoretically have his replacement. How much do you guys think they miss Kyle Rudolph on the football field? Because he was, he was one of Kirk Cousins' favorite targets, was he not? I mean, yes. not to great production, and he couldn't find him in the red zone for whatever reason. But he was one of Kirk Cousins' favorite targets last year. How badly do you think they miss him once once footballs start being slung around this fall? I think if you had a uh, capable third receiver, the question or the answer to your question might not be as much. But in my mind, you don't. So you've got Thielen and Diggs. And behind that, I don't know what. Treadwell? I don't think so. Irv Smith, who we think is going to be good, but he's young and and uh, making assumptions about that guy is dangerous. The fact that we've gotten to where we are d- does not surprise me because 
we've been having this discussion for how long now? Two plus months? Like, this is not a surprise. The The only thing is, I think we all said at the time where Kyle was saying, well, they're not approaching me and stuff, we all said, no, that's not probably true. Uh, so now we are sitting here having a discussion that we thoroughly expected that we would have to have. Uh, but I guess my philosophical viewpoint as we sit here in mid-May talking about this is, is anybody going to go to to the head coach and say, we need salary cap room, Mike. We brought Barr back, Mike. Something has to give on defense, Mike. Because if you're Kubiak, do you think that, that you're anxious to give up on a veteran tight end here who essentially, if you combine him with Irv Smith, it could be a pretty nice tandem? And again, I go back to the point of Kubiak got this job and is probably being paid a lot, but he has not been given what we consider necessarily right now to be a capable third receiver. So I'm a little bit frustrated today by the fact that this that Spielman doesn't go back to Zimmer at this point and say, Mike, something does have to give, but it's going to have to be from the defensive side of the football. Well, this is what this is the tough spot that they're in. They they're set up to make a push to win this year, but they also have some major cap issues. And they just drafted Irv Smith, who might be a tight end of the future. Optimistically, he is your tight end for the next eight years. So long term, is Kyle Rudolph part of the plans now that you've got Irv Smith? No, no, not necessarily. I mean, but you shouldn't be worried about long term right now. And that's that's what I was going to bring up, which is does Kyle Rudolph help you a lot in 2019 as a 29 year old about to be 30? He's still in in some semblance of his prime and could be productive for the next two or three years. I mean, he helps you a lot. He's probably. He's definitely one of your foremost used offensive weapons if Dalvin Cook stays healthy. Dalvin's in that mix, too. I mean, it's it's some combination of Diggs, Thielen, Cook, and Kyle Rudolph as your four most prominently featured offensive weapons. If you tr- if you wind up trading, if you cut him, you get you just get cap relief. So if you trade him, and I'm going to guess they're not just going to outright cut. Like, they're either going to trade him or, or there's other guys we can talk about uh, throughout the rest of this hour. If they trade him, you're trading him most likely for a draft pick that you don't get to use until 2020, and so you're just getting rid of one of your most prominent offensive players in a year that you're trying to win now and bolster Kirk Cousins. But right? somebody who was going to help you win now was going to be was going to be sacrificed. What? What? I mean, you didn't really have you don't really have a choice at this point, do you? Yeah, unless there's some creative trade to get to trade an established player for another established player and. That established player comes back and it's less of a cap hit, but that's, I mean, that's getting really tricky and creative. And you almost never see stuff like that in the NFL. So, it, it, and it seems to me, again, we don't have full access to the Vikings books, nor do we have the expertise of, of their salary cap experts who have been very good, but, but we did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last that's night. That's true. And we might know. It seems to, it seems to our semi educated eyes that the only place to, 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 to free up money right now is either Rudolph via trade or, or releasing him, Xavier Rhodes via trade or Trey Waynes via trade. I think it's, those seem to be the only three options at this point. So, is is Rudolph the best option? Is is the question you have to ask yourself if you're the Vikings? Man, because they went so all in on offense in the draft, I would think losing one of your defensive pieces with a defensive minded coach is very problematic. Especially when Holton Hill just got suspended for a quarter of the season. Yeah. But if you lose Kyle Rudolph for draft picks and now it's hey, Irv Smith, 
you're no longer like a two or three years down the road guy. You're going to be targeted See, 85 times and, that's and the, need to produce. And, and the danger there is is going to Kirk and saying, okay, Kirk, make this work. Everything that they're trying to do is about basically go, going to Kirk and saying, here, here is your prepackaged players, right? So you're sure you're as sure as you possibly can be that Kirk's going to be put in a position to succeed. But now at tight end, you're going to say, make this rookie work. And he might work. You don't know. But he, he might not. And the intricacies of playing that position as a first-year player in this league with not just routes, but blocking and things like that, it's a big ask. And listen, it's pretty clear right, right now that at some point in time, Kyle and his people realize that, right? And are basically saying, you know what? We're probably going to be paid too much. But guess what we don't have to do? We don't have to give in here. And my guess is that the Vikings are saying, here's a restructured Viking-friendly deal. We'll push some, you know, we'll probably put a certain amount of of small guarantees in. And Kyle's saying, okay, but the trade-off here is, if I don't take this, I get paid a lot. Yeah. One more year here, and then I'm gone. So so the Vikings, the Vikings have now put themselves in, in a position where I don't see that they have a lot of uh, leverage with Kyle here, at least if this had come on draft night or before. Heck, then you might get a third round pick or well, something. They, they would only have leverage if but they now were. What is it? Uh, I don't know what it would be. But they, but they're you mean their leverage or the or no no. But I'm, I'm saying but now but now if they if they pull the trigger on this move, what's what do they have to go to Kyle with and say you really should take this? The only leverage they would have is if it's even leverage is the willingness to flat out cut him right. But they're not. There's no way you would just cut a guy who's still. He's probably still a top eight to ten tight end of the NFL, and, and he'll get Bronx gobbled out. up and probably paid. Yeah, so it's really we did just get an inside scoop here. I hope this is an inside scoop from a loyal listener and follower on Twitter, JP. He okay. tweets into the show. Mm-hmm. He tweets into at Rami is tweeting at this Jay Zolgad and at Phil Mack. Does it. this qualify as reckless? I mean, it's it's probably it's probably on brand. Speculation. He says everyone in the organization or close to it knows who the third wide receiver is, and that's Chad Beebe. I think the coaches and players have made that pretty clear. Everyone I know inside the Vikings has said that since last year. I like I like me some Chad Beebe. <laughs> I love me some Chad Beebe. I was all over the Chad Beebe bandwagon. Do you guys feel comfortable that with that? That dude though? caught four passes in 2018. <laughs> He's also consistently so, hurt. So... I'm all aboard the Chad Beebe bandwagon, but if your grand plan going into the season is we can lose Kyle Rudolph because we have Chad Beebe as a third option. There's not a receiver in the league who caught four passes last year who the entire franchise is like, yeah, that's that's our guy. guy. (laughs) That's our guy. That receiver does not exist in the NFL. He's not that's that 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 that's not a thing. Four could be forty, you never know. (laughs) So it's a it's a really interesting, precarious situation here, but it's I gotta think with how great Rob Brzezinski has been handling and managing the salary cap, they, these little situations pop up every once in a while, and he has a way, historically, of smoothing it out between player and agent and getting what he and the Vikings want out of it. So I know it sounds bad because, again, if you're just joining us or you've been, you've been working on a Friday, uh, Ian Rappaport reporting that the Vikings and Kyle Rudolph contract talks have broken down and the uh, the likelihood of a trade is in, is more and more likely here at this point. But... I got to think there's still a good chance this ends with Kyle Rudolph accepting a restructured contract and the Vikings not trading any of the aforementioned players we've been talking about because that's what always happens with Rob Brzezinski. 
who floated this becomes my next question too. Did this get up floated by the Vikings side or by Kyle's side? Because that could sort of that could sort of color where this might be going and how far down the road to being actually broken down as opposed to a negotiating ploy. This actually is. Well, who has the the most reason to float it? Do you That's think? what I was just going to say. Who has more to gain by doing this? I think it's probably the Vikings. Maybe. Although if Kyle thinks he's going to be let go, or if his people do, they this could be a potential warning shot to teams that he's going to be available now. This is just, but we have. We have had, it's, it's funny to go back now and, and think about the denials and things when we've been talking about this for two months and you knew this was coming. Like you knew that at some point in time, when you don't have enough to sign your draft picks, yeah, something's got to give, and it's got to be fairly significant. I have a dumb question: How often? What are the rules? How long can you trade a draft pick? Like a player you drafted a week and a half ago? Oh, you know, I don't know because I don't think I've ever seen it done. Because that's because I don't remember it being done, and I don't know if because I know in the NBA yeah, there's a certain yeah. window. Yes, um, and so I, I wonder. This is the problem. If you trade him for a draft pick now, mm-hmm. the draft pick, the first draft pick you could get is is next season, and you, now you've wasted a season with Kirk Cousins. I, I just don't think that's a viable solution to trade a Xavier Rhodes or a Kyle Rudolph or uh, just any established player for a draft pick because now that the draft is over, you're now you're you're putting chips on the 2020 table, and I don't like that with this current makeup. Right. So. I wonder how much they tried to shop him before the 2019 draft two weeks ago in hopes of at least getting something, if it was a second-round pick or a third-round pick, it was something you could turn into a weapon or something of substance for 2019, and they just came up empty. Do you guys think that this also might be have taken so long to get to where things stand right now because potentially there's some um, internal disagreement with this team from the head coach and Kubiak and, and Spielman and... What I brought up, which is there's got to be a feeling in that building that we can't be super serving defense all the time, and it comes off that way a lot, that this might have taken so long to play out. Because if you're Kubiak, you don't want this. Like, there's no good. If, if you Even if you say Kyle is not Zach Ertz or Travis Kelsey, he's still a very serviceable, um, decent part of, of what you could do with Cousins offensively. You guys Owen think, Daniels put up numbers in Gary Kubiak's yeah, offense. So Kyle Rudolph could. Do you think that this also might have taken so long to play out and stems from internal conflict about which direction they are going to go? I mean, you got to think, like you said, you got to think Gary Kubiak would voice his displeasure with this. I don't know that it would that this that this is causing a rift within the Vikings organization, but you you would think that, like you said, there's nothing to gain from from letting Kyle Rudolph go. Not from his perspective, he was brought in here. To improve this offense, the the offense does not get better by letting Kyle Rudolph go. It may be the sacrifice that you have to make as an organization just to get under the salary cap, but it doesn't make it. It does not make your offense better. I don't see how this could possibly make your offense better. Okay, if the Vikings have to trade Kyle Rudolph for draft picks, how much does that affect your opinion of what they can do in 2019 record wise? Six five one six four six eight two five five six five one six four six eight two five five We've got the Twitch stream fired up today, twitch.tv slash score north. And you can look at Rami's glorious locks. Yep. In high definition. Posture's improving. It's getting there. I've been doing the posture workout like two or three times have a week. You really? I have. What I have. does that all entail? It's it's a lot of weird stuff. It's, it's weird. I I sent you guys the video. Didn't I send you guys the video? 
I don't think we've received this video. No. no, no. You told me you were doing weird oh, stuff. No, I'll put just, it out on Twitter. I will. I'll put it out there. I'll do it right now. Actually, are you fully clothed during these? I was going to say what's. I mean, what what's not safe for work? Yeah. What's fully clothed? Uh. <laughs> we're going to go to break now. It's Mackie and Judd <laughs> with Rami. We'll trade anyone who isn't folded down. How's oh. that freestyle? Top of my head. Off the dome. Well, give me another one. Charlie Coyle must be <laughs> traded by the deadline. Eric Stahl on his way to the Jets. That will be just fine. Mackie and Chud with Rami on Score North and scorenorth.com. I would love to help our cap situation. If I can give us more room to bring in more players and better players, then, um, you know, I, I mentioned this to Andrew that you, you'd be foolish to turn down something like that. It, it just it doesn't make sense from a player standpoint. Um, but that's out of my control. That's between Rick, Rob, and, and my agent. And I just come here to work every day. And like I said, I'm just trying to find out where I fit in. As far as you know, have they reached out to your agent or anything? Nope. That was Kyle Rudolph, who apparently later turned down something like that. According to Ian Rappaport, this is Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all-new Score North on 1500 and com. Rappaport says the Vikings had held active extension talks with veteran tight end Kyle Rudolph. But those talks broke off this morning. And uh, says Minnesota, with after drafting Irv Smith, could be interested in trading the veteran tight end elsewhere if there is interest around the NFL. You can uh, get in on the show, 651-646-8255, or tweet us at Score North. We'll talk about uh, another potential trade that could present itself to the Vikings. But first, let's check in with uh, Tom in Wisconsin. You're on Mac and Judd with Rami. What's up, Tom? What's up, guys? Hey. Hey, a couple, couple quick thoughts. Number one... I think you got to get rid of Rudolph. He's above average, but he's getting paid a lot more than above average. Number two, uh, look, I think Kubiak's track record is the running back is the most important position here. So we need the line to gel and, and uh, you know, the running back to, to lead the team besides the wideouts and Cousins. And then number three, you guys were wondering, can you trade a guy that you just drafted? Isn't that essentially what uh, the Chargers did when they traded Eli Manning after they took him? To uh, the Giants, am I right on that? Yeah, I think you are because he, he swap. They swap draft picks. I think that's correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we know it can be done. I don't know if they will or won't. But at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I say trade them to the Patriots. It's time for us to take something from the Patriots instead of them getting everything. It's also it's always uh, Tom. Thanks for the the call. I mean, the Patriots are one of the the teams that would be in play for a trade. They just signed Ben Watson today, though. Coaxed him out of retirement. Wow. And signed him. So I don't ben know. Watson's been around for like 20 years. He man. really has. He's like my age. I literally thought I was like a few years ago. I recognized. I realized Ben Watson was still in the league. I was like, oh, that must be a different Ben. That's just a different guy with the same name. Nope. Nope. Same Ben Watson. Same dude. Same guy. But is Ben Watson? They're not signing him to be the featured tight end. He hasn't been a featured tight end in at least two or three years. So the the Patriots would still need a guy who's like the first and second third down guy and then Ben Watson comes in once in a while maybe 20 snaps a game so I, I would still think that even after the Ben Watson signing the Patriots would be in play for Kyle Rudolph and I, I wouldn't underestimate though the importance of uh, Kyle potentially in this offense yeah the running backs important but so is the tight end and and again this all goes back to if you think that Irv Smith can step in and play that role magnificently that's fantastic but you can't be wrong 
Like this is not a this is not a rebuild. Oh, whoops, we were wrong about that. That's too bad. But we got a third round pick for 2022. This is a oh, we were wrong. We're all fired. That's the difference here. Um, here's here's another thing. Like just kind of a side point off this. I know we're gonna sit here and Kyle makes seven and a half million dollars, and he he turned down. Clearly, according to Ian Rappaport, they had discussions, and he turned down a lesser contract per per year basis. And like they're haggling over seven and a half, or is it three that you should make, or five? And we aren't privy to the actual numbers. But right. I almost always side with the players during these discussions. Can I bring to you guys, according to Forbes, the this is the net operating income from NFL teams in 2018 this last year. So this is how much. This isn't revenue brought in, which is. The Dallas Cowboys brought in almost $900 million in revenue last year. It's not bad. Other teams like the Patriots brought in $593 million. Uh, the Vikings, according to Forbes, brought in, this is overall revenue, $408 million when you account for national TV deals of U.S. Bank Stadium revenue. But if you, if you just go off operating income to these NFL teams... The Cowboys brought in $365 million. The Patriots brought in $235 million. The Texans brought in 161. The Giants, 149. Jets, 130. The Vikings brought in, according to Forbes, $90 million in, in operating income. And I guess my grand point here is they've set the system up and the players have agreed to it so that this is the, this is the capped income that players can make on each roster and you have to operate within those parameters. And so, therefore, Kyle Rudolph is potentially going to have to give up 2 or $3 million, could have been making $7.5 million, might blow his knee out, whatever. And I just find that kind of fascinating, that there's a cap, and the players are probably not getting the right end of that deal anymore based on the percentages. And uh, as a result, Kyle Rudolph, we're going to sit here and judge him or whether or not like he deserves $7.5 million. Well, like he does. But the thing is, and the reason why I don't feel... I'm 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 with you. I usually will take the player's side in in a case like this, but I don't feel that bad for Kyle Rudolph because I think that money will be out there for him somewhere. I don't, I don't think he's going to have a hard time. Let's say the Vikings can't find a trade partner and they have to they have to release him or maybe they find another way to make the cap space and he goes into free agency next year, he's going to get top 10 tight end money because the, a, he may or may not be a top 10 tight end. I think he's probably right there on, on the fringe if he's not. But also, you just have to look at what else is going to be out there in the free agent market. And there isn't going to, there isn't going to be much. He's probably going to be the top tight end who's available on the market, which means he's going to get close to top tight end money, whether that's right or not. And it goes both ways. People will say a guy isn't worth this kind of money, but he gets it because of what the market might be in a given free agent season. And you can also say what you just said, Phil, which is he deserves that money. Why should why why should he be the one who has to pay the price when the Vikings need to free up cap space? Well, and also if you want this to be be fair, players have to go out. Like these players get pushed around. The the PA as we've talked about on the old show a lot, Phil, does nothing for them. Like they're they are not represented, basically. You play the most Dangerous, probably um, pro team sport, and you're the only sport without guaranteed contracts. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely crazy. Yeah. So, so here's the thing: you are commodities. Your players are the best players in the world. This sport, you got to have the gumption to walk out and and sit out for an extended period of time, which I get can be very difficult. But that's the only way that you're going to get to a conversation where they can't call a guy like Kyle in and say, you know, you're supposed to make seven plus mil. Uh-uh. 
We're, you, we're going to give you two. Can you, you know who the lowest paid guy in the room is? And I don't know how much money he makes, but it's not enough. Rob Brzezinski and all 31 other guys who have to manage the NFL salary cap. 53 dudes on a roster. Do the, do the practice squad guys count too? Nope. nope. So you, so they're just, they're all, can you pay, the, can you pay a practice squad guy more money? Yes. Yes. But it doesn't you, count on your books. But it doesn't count on your books. Correct. So you could overpay. It, it's, the a, it's the active roster that, that ultimately I think once opening day hits counts against you. And there's like, like I just pulled up uh spotrack.com and think about this. If you're a Rob Brzezinski and you're constantly dealing with not only the 53 guys on your roster and where they're at in their, in their you know contract life cycle and their their prime as a player life cycle, you're trying to figure out okay like what's the base salary, what's the cap hit, how much dead salary cap make, yeah, is there? That's what makes Rob so fantastic. How old is this guy? And like, would this guy's agent be open to maybe uh, getting fleeced for a couple million dollars less if I can restructure this contract? And you're spinning all those plates all the time. And that's I what he's fantastic at. Yeah. So here, so here's Door B. So so door A is Kyle comes to him and says, I'm not going to take a reduced salary. And they've clearly come back at some point in time and said, okay, that's fine. But then you're probably going to be traded. Option B is this. And this is the one that Zimmer, I'm sure, does not like. But there is a, a feeling or a or discussion and or pseudo report by a guy by the name of Carrington Harrison. 610 AM Kansas City. Okay. Sports radio. Okay? Carrington Harrison. He's wonderful, by the way. Carrington Sounds like Harrison. royalty. Yeah, but he does, he's a really good host. He, Great name. He has come up with a pretty impassioned and well thought out plan that the Kansas City Chiefs need to trade for d- defense, which is not surprising. Need to trade for cornerback, and that cornerback should be Xavier Rhodes. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are the Vikings, this is not a stupid idea because if you look at this, Rhodes, who is is still, I would say, a good player, a effective player, but certainly two years ago was considered probably an elite player. And definitely took a step back in 2018. Base salary $10.4 million for 2019. But furthermore, the cap hit is $13.3 million for 2019. So he's, he, he's I believe, is, there, is he their second highest paid player behind Kirk Cousins? That might be accurate. But anyway, the point being is option two would be for the GM of this team to go to Zim and say, Zim, your scheme works. You're very good. Um, we've got a problem here. Rhodes is paid a lot. You develop cornerbacks as well or better than almost any coach in this league. And the other part of this equation that I think is a possibility, gentlemen, is this. When Zimmer went on the record in Florida and talked about how bad Rhodes played, basically spelled things out for 2018 and said he's got to get back, he's got to improve, blah, blah, blah. I think Mike saw that as I'm the mentor Xavier's the student, and and therefore he's going to take this and say, yeah, coach, you're exactly right. But after Mike came out and said that, there were quite a few tweets by people saying, Zim's, you know, got, got a fall guy now. Previously it was Anthony Barr. Now it's Rhodes. And those tweets were liked by Xavier Rhodes. Hmm. And I could see Rhodes being at a point in his life where he says, you know what, Mike Zimmer helped me immensely, but I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the criticism. I'm tired. I've become a good player. If Xavier Rhodes has quietly gone to the Vikings and said, I don't really like being here now, and you have a chance, instead of taking an offensive component off your roster, gentlemen, but instead to take a cornerback who is aging, what's your temptation to tell Zim, sorry, Mike, but it's going to be Xavier Rhodes? I can't trade. This is what's tough. If I'm trying to get to the Super Bowl, 
And whether or not that's even possible for the Vikings, time will tell. There's like there's a lot of projections out there. You guys, you the guys me- did one the mega the- projections. I don't know if you have the explosion sound effect, but the mega projections. Thank okay, you. Okay, there you go. They had them at uh, I think a a two percent chance to win the Super Bowl, two or three percent chance to win the Super Bowl. Okay, yeah. so maybe we think here locally we're a little more optimistic, and we think it's like ten percent or whatever it is. But to put that in perspective, the Bears had the sixth best chance of winning the Super Bowl, and that was six percent. Yeah. So two or three percent isn't that far is isn't as bad as it might sound. But whatever the percentage is, it goes down. If you trade Rhodes or Rudolph for a 2020 draft pick, period, it goes down. I agree. And so, but what it, what else can you do? That's Rob Brzezinski. Do what you've always done. <laughs> Work out I like a deal. It's all in Rob's plan. Work out a deal. I mean, that's his job. Like his his job. His, Figure something out, Rob. That's been his job for how long? Fifteen years with the Vikings. Twelve years. No, there? twenty. Twenty years. 20 years? Yeah, I think he got here in '99. It is his job. To have those uncomfortable conversations with players to say, we like you, we don't love you, we like you, we want to pay you, just not as much as you're making right now, let's find a common ground here. And again, like I know that I always side with the players in this, but within the, within the parameters they all operate in, which is a salary cap, if Kyle Rudolph was telling the truth when he said in the soundbite we've played a couple times already, hey, I'll take a pay cut, they just haven't come to me. I'm willing to help the team out. Well, I think we're just talking about either he's lying or we're talking about a gap in how much he's willing to help them out, right? And we don't know. So he makes 7.5. We don't know if they said, dude, it's got to be three because we've right. got other things we need to do. And he's like, ah, five. <laughs> like, but it's not, it's not like, it's not like the Adam Thielen gap, which was, was like a $10 million gap, right? right? It's we're, I feel like it's probably a small enough gap to where this is going to get done and they're not going to have to trade for draft picks. If but I'm if they Rudolph, do trade for draft picks, they are decreasing their chances to win the Super Bowl next year. Again, if I'm Rudolph, I probably play hardball and say, if you got to cut me, you got to cut me. If you got to trade me, you got to trade me. Because I know that money is out there. If it's not with the Vikings, I know it's elsewhere. The tight end's cut, and it's a bad cut. Unless he Jonathan, means- <laughs> which Rocky movie is that from? He's only seen one so far. He doesn't really care. <laughs> If I okay, so if I give you a choice of Kyle or uh, Rhodes, which one? If one has to go, which one do you take? I mean, it's going to be tough to swallow oh both God. of them, but which one do you take? Oh, a tight my God. end or a cornerback? I uh, I say goodbye to Kyle. I say goodbye to Kyle because I, 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 I have I have Stefan Diggs and and Adam Thielen, and I can throw passes to Dalvin Cook, and I can hopefully squeeze some. Early rookie juice out of Irv Smith. If Holton Hill isn't suspended, I might have a different answer. But Mike Hughes is coming off a torn knee. Like yep. I can't trade can't Xavier Rhodes. It. It'd be easier for me to answer the question if I trusted the quarterback. But everything you take away from this quarterback sets him back. But you're also taking away from the no, quarterback when I you don't. trade no, Xavier Rhodes. No, you're. Listen, it's not easy. But I, if you're Kubiak and you're sitting there, right, and now you're like, okay, now I got Irv Smith, and if Irv Smith doesn't really pan out as well as we hope and think he might. In year one, which is difficult to do, Whew. but if he does, the, the, but if if he's as good as they think he is, and as good as some people think he can be in the passing game, losing Kyle Rudolph doesn't matter nearly as much. No. But like you'd like there to be a buffer for a rookie tight end to sit behind somebody and prove it for a couple of years. But I would almost argue, I mean, you could play both sides of this fence. If it's between, hey, one of these dudes has to go. You have to trade one of these guys for draft picks to clear salary cap space. Kyle Rudolph or Xavier Rhodes. 
two parts to that. Number one, I want to know what I'm getting. If I can get a first-round pick for Xavier Rhodes and it's a third-round pick for Kyle Rudolph and I have to trade one of them, then I'll take the first-round pick and just figure it out. Like, you'd be foolish not to. But secondarily, if the Vikings' defense is a couple points better with Xavier Rhodes on the field and I get to save Kirk Cousins a couple points every single game, I mean, that's a huge help. to That's just as much of a help to him as an offensive weapon. And I don't know how many points... Per game, as Xavier Rhodes is worth, it's, Vegas would probably tell you it's not one. It's not even one. It, in fact, Vegas has a point value on every player in the NFL, and there's almost no such thing as a non-quarterback that's worth more than like a point. a point against the spread in a game. Which makes sense. Yeah, when you look at the big picture, that makes sense. Like Brady's worth, I don't know, in his prime, probably seven points against the spread or whatever. Right. It would be. Right, Xavier Rhodes is is not seven. Sure. It might not be two or three, according to Las Vegas. The way you're putting all this on Rob Rodzinski, I'm picturing just like an exhausted Rob Rodzinski <laughs> sitting in his office <laughs> at like dawn, five o'clock shadow, hair disheveled. He's clearly been there all night. He's gnawing on a pencil, and he's just looking at a big pile of papers. And Rick Spielman obviously just got there. He just pokes his head in and goes, make it happen, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Figure something out. Just as he's nodding off. Or you're fired. Pours another cup of coffee. What was that, Rick? Nothing. Back to work. All right. Rob's probably safe regardless. Nobody else might be, but Rob probably is. It's a really, really tough. Bodies are buried. It's a tough situation. They don't. This type of stuff, like, you barely ever hear about. You barely hear that, like, talks broke down with. When's the last time. That you heard a story about talks breaking down, maybe Peterson? Well, yeah, but that was more because of the behind-the-scenes stuff that, that went well beyond the football contractual things. And then his agent was posting photos of, like, Tampa Bay Buccaneers oh, yeah. jerseys and stuff. And you know Twitter. what we all said at the that time? weird. Good riddance. See you later. Yeah. Bye. We're not saying that with Kyle Rudolph or Xavier Rhodes right now. I think when is the last... That's a really good question. When's the last true contractual um, dust-up the Vikings had that was beyond Peterson's deal? Which was just odd, man. They just don't have these. It's it's amazing. Like you get the Pittsburgh the Steelers. draft picks used to be before the cap got put in, and yeah. and there were uh, parameters on the draft picks. It holdouts. Uh, Erasmus James. I th- you know what I think? I think Troy was late co- coming into camp in two thousand five. Believe it or not, yeah, I think he was. He too. actually thought he was important enough to be late coming into camp. <laughs> I believe Sidney Rice might have been late by a day or two. I think in you're right. Too. But but I'm trying to think of a current player on a restructure who they had problems with. You get these teams like the Pittsburgh Steelers every year. Someone's missing training camp. Someone's right. sit- sitting out the whole year last year, or they're mad about. Whatever it is, like the respect that they're not getting from a coach or a quarterback, and you just don't get... This is where I empathize and sympathize with the Vikings over the years. Like The Vikings do a lot of right things. They draft well in the late rounds. They put together defenses. They've had the best rush defense for three years in a row in the Brad Childress era. Now they've got one of the best defenses the last three or four years. And it's like they'll draft franchise quarterbacks who blow out their knees, and they just... (laughs) Well, they you don't come like, with a warning on the box. They do deserve on the field anyway. This like, Teddy Bridgewater looks great, but unfortunately there's a caution on the back that says it might blow out its knee. Let's take the chance. I feel like they've they've put in their Has an arrow half on them that says this side up. <laughs> I feel like they've put in their half century of dues, and it's time for something to go right. Like, just get Kyle Rudolph a couple less million dollars. And get lucky in the NFC and have something happen for you, you know. But they, but it's the Vikings. I know it's the Vikings. I know. 
651-646-8255 if you want to chime. If you had if you if it came down to it with this Kyle Rudolph report and it was Ian Rappaport that tweeted earlier more on scorenorth.com if you want to read uh, all about it. The Vikings and Kyle Rudolph contract talks have come to a standstill. They have broken off and now the possibility of trading Kyle Rudolph is uh, very much in play. If you had to give up Rhodes or Rudolph to save cap space for this which, which they have to do something, who would you uh who would you dump? Six or would you just one. have Robertsinski wave his magic wand? That's that's, that's what I'm calling. That's for. the third option. Just wave that magic wand, Rob. Six five one six four six eight two five five. It's a pen. It's a contractual <laughs> pen. Write that down. Predictions, which may or may not include some Kyle Rudolph stuff, coming up in about twenty minutes on Aki and Jeb with Rami. Luther Brookdale Toyota is on the corner of six ninety four and Brooklyn Boulevard, and it is it is definitely still pothole season. I feel like we're about a month and a half into pothole season here, and if I could trade potholes for draft picks, does that I have a does that have an end? Is there an end date on pothole season? Yeah, in in Minnesota, there's... When it gets filled with snow and ice. Pretty much. Okay, yep. cool. All right. Uh, January 2nd is when everything just gets glazed over with snow. <laughs> and then it melts in, in March. Uh, if I could trade potholes for draft picks, I would, but we can't, unfortunately. So lucky for us, Luther Brookdale Toyota has a full-time dedicated tire specialist on staff. Bring your vehicle in for a quick check. They'll make sure your alignment is good and that you're safe on the roads this spring. And if you're thinking about a new vehicle... Right now, you can get into a brand new 2019 Highlander, Tundra, or Sienna. 0% interest for 60 months on all three of those. 694 on Brooklyn Boulevard, LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Proud sponsor of Score North and the Mackie and Judd with Rami Show, which continues shortly. I'm still in my 20s. I'm still young. I'm as healthy as I've ever been in my career. Uh, I feel like I'm in the best shape of my career. But I've played a lot of football in this league. And when you've played a lot of football in this league and your name's been around for a long time, everyone just assumes you're in your mid-30s and on your way out. Uh, that's not the case with me. I feel like I'm just now starting to get into the prime of my career. And, you know, I still feel like I have a lot of football left. And um, as the sweatshirt said, a lot of game left. Kyle Rudolph in a precarious situation. What are you laughing at, oh, Zol- Zolgod? I just love the fact that he showed up at the facility, what now, three weeks ago? Yeah. With that sweatshirt, what still got game? And then was like, oh, no, no one's approached me about this. Not quite sure what, what you're talking about. I'd be willing to do it's, it. It was like so clear. You're, you're basically subtweeting something. Are we all in agreement that he was lying? Yes. Like, I know Kyle Rudolph is well liked around these parts, but he was lying, right? Well, can I, again, it's sports lying. Right. So I really, it's it's neither here nor there. Right. No, I'm not offended. I'm right. just saying he was, he was lying. Right. He he was he was telling you the truth as far as the contract talks, as far as he was concerned, they had gone for him, which was they're not offering me something I want or like, and therefore we're not really talking about it. Can I go back to his shirt for a second? What what, sure. what did his shirt say? I think it said I think it said a lot of football left. I think so I'll, it, I'll find it. And it was it's a hoodie, be- right? It's becoming a thing now, I feel like, with, with Anthony Davis wearing the That's All Folks shirt. He was at the dressed end by his... somebody else, okay? That wasn't him. I love this new idea <laughs> where you get up and you and you BS the media and say nothing, but the thing that you really want to say is just on your shirt. Like, if you guys were holding a press conference. Yeah. Like, Judd, if you were holding a press conference tomorrow about your career in radio, what you would BS the local media, but what would your shirt say? Um fire everyone. Oh, there's so many there's so <laughs> many so many things I could come up with for that. No, I like it. It's funny. I would show if I was like if I was like a major league manager, 
who uh, who is not happy with the strike zone on a given night, I would show up with a shirt that said hashtag robot umpire takeover and be like, no, I think I thought he called a great game. What if you just I had, thought it was fair? He called it the same for both sides. What if it was just like the electronic strike zone and home plate and then like an umpire <laughs> hat on top of it? That could work, too. That's actually a really good. Good. That's a very <laughs> That'd good be idea. Great. That's a great idea. That'd be outstanding. Six five one six four six eight two five five. We're uh, we're discussing the Ian Rappaport report that came out about Kyle Rudolph and the Vikings having contract talks break off, and now a trade could be on the horizon. Write that down. Predictions coming up pretty soon here. John and Minnetonka, what's going on, man? Hi, guys. Good conversation. I just want to figure. I want to add something here. I think if they got a taker for Xavier Rhodes, I think you take it. I think Xavier Rhodes has been coached up as far as he can go. Zim has gone a long way to get him as good as he is. So turn that magic into some of our other cornerbacks or maybe get a guy, if there's a guy, out there in free agency or on the market after the after the first releases, maybe half the price and have Zim work his magic on him. I'll hang up a list. Thanks. Thank you for the phone call there, uh, John. That's That's what he did with Holton Hill. I wouldn't miss Xavier Rhodes going down and missing three plays with what looks like a catastrophic injury every single game and then coming out like the Paul Pierce thing where they carried him out. The, that's Xavier Rhodes every single game. I wouldn't miss that. In the wheelchair and then he comes back and <laughs> like plays. Like a soccer player? <laughs> yes. Yes, just collapsing to the ground. Oh, my God, he's dead. Oh, no, he's not. He's back in. They have that freeze spray. They come out. They spray Xavier Rhodes with the freeze spray and he gets up and runs off the field. <laughs> what did, Jonathan, do you know what that stuff is? Magic. It's I, pure you, magic. You only that's, see that in soccer. You only see that in soccer. Is that what Mr. Miyagi thing. used on, on uh, Daniel-san? No, I would have just, to assume He just so, used yeah. his, his own hands, hands, right? He just used his inner chi. How do we know he didn't spray something in those hands? <laughs> oh, boy. HGH. <laughs> that used to be used... He had the cream <sighs> in between his... <laughs> When I was a kid, that, that used to be used in baseball when guys got hit by pitches, and it was a substance called ethyl chloride, and it just froze. It just froze the like if you got got hit, it just froze that you could part feel of your it. skin. So yeah, so you could so something could be broken, and like you just couldn't feel it for a while. But that doesn't seem productive because uh, they you just no longer, yourself they no longer use field? it because of okay. that. But I'm not sure what soccer has now. There's a bone sticking through your leg. Oh, just put a little. Was it ethyl ethyl, ethyl chloride? chloride? They call it. Yeah. Uh, but it was seen as a bad idea to actually mask the the fact that a person could be hurt. My little league coach was Mr. Miyagi, and he literally did that when we got hit by a pitch. Put hands. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and where is he now? <laughs> yeah. What, doing, what penitentiary <laughs> is he in now? He's doing twenty. Yeah. Fifteen will get you twenty. <laughs> 15 Little League, Phil. <laughs> worse than that. I don't know how to recover this segment. I don't. I don't think it's important. I apologize. Let's talk NBA playoffs. Huh? They've been really good. <laughs> oh, um. We actually, we're headed toward if, if Houston wins tonight. Game seven, right? You get three Game 7s this weekend. We're headed toward three Game 7s. The only series that was, and you're two-thirds of the way to a three-series Bucks parlay and write that down. Did right? I? I was going to ask you about that. Maybe you can just tell me when we get there at 5 o'clock. Did I specify who they would beat in yes. the Eastern Conference Finals? Um, hold on I know second. I did the first two rounds. I know I said sweep the Pistons, Celtics in five. And I, I know I said they'd win. You did. Oh, did I? So I have but, to, but, but doesn't, I mean. I have to root for somebody here, don't I? Yeah, you had... Bucks will sweep Pistons. Yeah, they will beat the Celtics in five. Yeah, and then they will beat the Sixers in six. Okay. Oh, you're on. Right. Yeah, you're still on it. Oh, I'm on you track. Are life support before this I never last had Sixers a doubt. game. But the Sixers were great last night. Yeah, after I'm, being absolutely awful 
uh, the game before that. I was on uh, Cluster Fun with Danny the day after the you know, Celtics went up 1-0, and I said, I'm not worried at all. Bucks and five. You know, I'm disappointed, though, because you have not once today so far rubbed it in about how good Jimmy Butler was last night. I mean, do I have to keep doing that? Do I have to keep reminding you guys that he wasn't the problem? Or oh, he had... was, but it's sports talk. Yes, of course well, he do. was. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Since when did a sports talk host be like, you know what I'm going to do? Back off on my but, hot take. I figured I'm annoying people enough with put a roof on it. I don't need to be the Jimmy Butler guy, too, do I? But hold on. You said he wasn't, be, he wasn't. He wasn't the problem, but he was, a, he was the best player, but he was also a problem for the Timberwolves. Because you you can't just be the best player and then crap on everything around you and expect the team to perform well. So I give him credit for going into Philadelphia and at least not destroying the chemistry in the locker room. Like <laughs> he tried he did. for a while, don't forget. No, he walked in and he probably said, all right, I got a J.J. Redick here. I got some veteran pieces and I have Joel Embiid, who's a little bit more of an alpha personality than Carl Anthony Towns. And uh, Ben Simmons is better than Andrew Wiggins. So like he walked into a better situation and therefore was less likely to disrupt the situation because it was already playoff bound without him. But I do think it's fair to say he was the best player here and also still was a problem because of the way he handled it. I'm not saying he wasn't a problem. I'm saying he wasn't the root of the problem. The problem Jimmy Butler had was that Jimmy Butler wanted... Jimmy Butler wanted to win, and it's one thing to lose and to be in a bad situation. It's a whole nother thing to lose and be in a bad situation and look around and see no hope for the situation being fixed because either people, A, don't know how to fix it, or B, don't care as much as you do. And when you're under contract and there's no way to to just, like if you or I, if we hated our job so much, or if we were in a situation like that where we were at a losing company, and nobody was doing anything to fix it, and the people who were trying to fix it just didn't know how, we could just quit and go find another job. Jimmy Butler is under contract. The only way he gets out of Minnesota is to force his way out of Minnesota. Is it ever pleasant when you have to force your way out of somewhere? Kevin Love forced his way out. There's a lot of guys who have... And it was pleasant? Forced their way out. I mean, there are other ways to do it. I'm not saying there aren't other ways to do it. I'm not saying I don't take any issue with the way that Jimmy did it. But the problems Jimmy Butler had with the Wolves, most Wolves fans have with the Wolves. Like, he was just calling out his teammates and the organization for the same stuff that pisses us all off. So how is he the bad guy? Because the way he went about it was very questionable. Again, again, he could have done it differently, yes. But his ultimate, ultimately, his goal was to get out. That's would, how he forced his way out. The only, The only reason I... This, uh, the only reason I agree with you more than I otherwise would is that he didn't ask to play for the Timberwolves. He was traded to right. the Timberwolves. Yeah. So if if he had signed with the Timberwolves on his own, That'd be knowing the scenario, story. and then still acted the way that he... I still don't condone the way that he handled the whole thing. I, I even more so don't condone the way Tom Thibodeau handled and the I whole thing. the practice... The, like his last practice where he ran the first team off with the third team and MF'd him up and down the yeah. court. I, I love that. That's, I love that. You know what? Because that was his way of proving his point. But that that drove me crazy, not just because of him in particular, but the fact that Tibbs, who was this otherwise hard-ass, right, my way or the highway, we do things, my, just got rolled over and did nothing about it. That was embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. I am ready, though. If the if the 76ers do win Game 7 over the Toronto Raptors, I am ready to throw a party and give a standing ovation to Jimmy Butler for making it to the conference finals. Uh, just uh, what an accomplishment for Jimmy Butler to get to a conference finals. The way that he, the way that he acts, you'd think he's been there a hundred times already and has won five championships. Do you but. guys trust Embiid? And he's a great player, but do you? 
as you know, we, we t- talked about a couple of days ago, I think off the air, the TNT guys ripped him. When he's on, he's fantastic. But do you trust him like uh, to be no. there when it matters? In fact, we are running up against the write that down clock here. So put a pin in what I'm about to say. I'm going to say it, and I'm going to walk out of the room, and we can discuss it. In, I think I know what you're going. I think I know what you're going to say, and I might not disagree with it. I would take Carl Anthony Towns a hundred times out of a hundred over Joel Embiid because of durability. Joel Embiid is unavailable for the most important games. That dude has missed seasons of basketball. And there's nothing to indicate it. His size and height and injury history that he's just going to go on for like six years and be injury free. Carl Anthony Towns, he missed games for the first time ever this year. Look at his career 82, 82, 82. He's out there every night. He's playing 35 minutes. He has more to give in terms of his ability as a player because he hasn't been properly surrounded organizationally and maybe even coaching wise and for sure teammate wise. So give me Carl Anthony Towns 10 times out of 10, 100 times out of 100 over Joel Embiid. Fight me later on it because we got to get to write that down. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about that. So it's good you're giving me time to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> Mackie and Judd with Rami on the all new Score North. Write that down is coming up next where we go back and uh, pretty much savage each other for wrong predictions and make new predictions for the week.